Bunky Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, your one and only host here at Shock Monkey Radio, and I'm continuing to produce, I guess, or engineer my um, shows myself here, and I think I'm doing a pretty damn good job, if I do say so myself. So welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. Um, I have an announcement. Um, Shock Monkey Radio has Cash App now, the motherfucking Cash App. <coughs> Excuse me, as Joe Rogan would say. Oh, I got the Cash App now, now just uh, dollar sign Shock Monkey Radio, buy me a beer. I'd appreciate it. If you, just, if you don't want to be a patron, you can go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and uh, get access to all of our video content, such as it is. Or you could just uh, send me some cash through Cash App. Dollar sign, Shock Monkey Radio. <clears throat> you know how that thing works. Anyway, um, so I'm also thinking about like uh, reducing my patron price uh, on Patreon to a dollar. So if you... if if uh, what do you think about that? Would more of you be become patrons if it was a dollar? Um, you can, uh, yeah, just email me at madman at fxbgpr.com and let me know. Or if you have uh, questions and you want to end up in our mailbag segment, we can uh, you can send me questions or comments, anything like that. I'll probably respond to it. Yeah. So um, I have I wrote a poem. I wrote a poem the other night, and I want to share it with you. It's called Frowny the Brownie. Frowny the Brownie was very small, even for a brownie, not very tall at all. Frowny would wander the vast terrain just to clear his throbbing migraine. A shadow passed quickly, and then the ground shook. Frowny decided to go take a look. What luck, he yelled, finding a freshly felled log. I shall build a house, but gulp! He was eaten by the dog. So that's my poem called Frowny the Brownie. This is what happens when I drink too much and I think I'm spending too much time on different formats. Um, for example, is like most of the writing that I do these days is this um, tirade type of writing that I do for Shock Monkey Radio. And I don't, I don't really write poetry that much anymore or even prose writing stories and so forth. And so... Uh, Kind of like uh, flexing my muscles a little bit because writing, um, writing in the same style over and over again can get uh, real mon- monotonous, and I think that creates writer's block. If I'm writing prose, for example, if I'm writing a story, and I I get writer's block from that, I'll maybe write poetry, or I'll do something else creative, like play a musical instrument and some, or something like that, something else, or sing sing loudly in the shower. Uh, that's just a little tip. To, to beaten writer's block if you're one of those writers out there. So, just do something different. It's creative, but different. All right, let's talk about Kamala Harris for a little bit. Um, this is the kind of the big news, news story of the week. Uh, Joe Biden announced uh, previously that, you know, he wants a woman and he wants her to be black, which is, uh, I don't know, very much in character with the racist that Joe Biden is how casually racist he is. And, um, you know, Democrats overlook all this, of course. They overlook him, you know, saying, you know, if if you're having a hard time figuring out if you're for Trump or for me, you you ain't black. It's like, and then, uh, what, what was it, in 2016 or 2015? He, uh, he said, he'll, I'll, they want to put y'all back in chains, referring to the Republicans. But, I mean, you're the one standing there looking over a bunch of black people thinking about putting them in chains. That's why it came up. It's like, get out of here. It's like, he's casually racist. And even the selection, saying he wants to select a black female, is racist. You know? Are, that the, are those the only qualifications? Now, people could say, you know, people have been um, saying that uh, Biden, Biden wanting someone under, under that fits those categories, you know, is is racist but at least he picks somebody who actually has experience she is a senator and so um at least she knows how government works to some degree and who knows how she's going to try to exploit it because she is very very far left and so um i really don't like the the focus that people have on race and gender 
I mean, it's almost like Biden picked her so that he could play the race card or something like that. It's like, if you're not for me, it's because you hate that I picked a black female. And like, dude, you know, it's not like that. People aren't like that. It's like, they don't care if it's a black female, but if she's like super qualified for, for the position, by all means. Now I'm going to be honest. You know, I, no matter who he picked, I was going to find something negative, negative to say because they're all a bunch of crazy leftists. You know, Joe Biden, he's such, he's such a punching bag, you know, but he's, he's like, it's like beating up a, a kitten, you know, defenseless kitten or something like that. And it, I hate to put it this way, but it's no fun. And so unfortunately, since like Trump or the right can't really attack Biden because it's like it, you know, a, a doddering old man, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to pick on Pop Pop who's losing his mind. But at the same time, you can't put him in the highest office in the land. All right. So they're not going to be attacking Biden anymore. They're going to be coming after Kamala. And she is a ripe target. Okay. First of all, let's talk about her weird off-putting laugh. Have you ever noted, like, uh, seen a shitty comedian who um, would try to get the crowd to laugh by laughing loud at their own jokes? Have you ever seen that? Or maybe you saw somebody in the office that was like that. They would laugh just a little too loud at their own jokes because they thought they were just the most hilarious. All right. Kamala Harris is that kind of crazy. Her weird cackling is reminiscent of the Joker. You know, it is, it is a super villain evil laugh. Okay, let's be honest. And I think that's what she is considering, you know, uh, her past. You know, she was a prosecutor, I guess, in California. I want to say San Francisco. I don't, you know, I read the news, but I don't remember everything. And, uh, like, <laughs> you know, I think she pissed off all the potheads. It's in my notes. She pissed off all the potheads, but the potheads don't vote. So, but, I mean, you know, because um, she was prosecuting all these people for m- marijuana, marijuana crimes. And now marijuana is 100% legal, pretty much, in California. And so, I mean, what, what the hell, you know? And then she goes on like radio shows and talks about smoking weed to Tupac and stuff when she was in college in the eighties, Tupac and Snoop Dogg in the eighties, but she's so cavalier about knowing about marijuana, about the use of marijuana, but she'd still like put these people, (laughs) prosecuted these people. It's horrible. It's horrible. She's a horrible candidate, and it was it was going to be horrible no matter what. But I mean, this chick is a super villain, and I'm. It's every every any kind of criticism is going to is going to become is like, oh, you're sexist, oh, you're racist, and that's not the issue at all. It's I, I dislike Kamala Harris for the same way I disliked Obama, and that's their color, blue. They're Democrat blue through and through, and therefore socialists these days because that's the agenda of the far left these days and a lot of these uh far leftists or i'm saying a lot of these excuse me f- further right uh commentators are saying they they picked joe biden specifically picked her because of how uh left she is so that he can get those radical votes those antifa votes those blm votes all right so she's a horrible person, and <laughs> she is really off-putting. Do you know about her relationship with that old dude? Do a little research into her background. She's she's a shifty bitch, man. I'm telling you. Ugh. But you know, best of luck to you. I mean, it's because they, you know, they think that like Biden's just going to hand this thing off. He's going to be a a president that's in his deathbed. You know, and what is that? Now we're going to let this lunatic Kamala Harris get the get into into that job have that close access to the nuclear launch codes? I do not think that's a good idea. Mike Pence doesn't seem to bother anybody. <laughs> if, God forbid, something happens to Trump and, uh, you know, uh, Mike Pence, you know, takes over, don't you think it's like it's like having a dumb kitten in the office or that, that cute little kitten grew up and it's just some dumbass cat in there? He's like, they're not going to hurt anybody. I'm sorry. I don't think I don't I don't find Mike Pence threatening at all. I mean, 
you could say like impeach Trump all you want. And it's like, well, we'd still have Pence and that might even be better. So, <laughs> I think my Milo uh, Yiannopoulos, he, he, he pushed that kind of concept. And I was like, you know, that's kind of got a point there, Milo. Anyway. Enough about Kamala Harris. I mean, it's just a big news story of the week. I didn't include it in the news worth knowing because I, it's not really worth knowing. Um, if you could just, you know, if, you, if you're interested in law and order, you're conservative. That's all there is to it. Or if you're interested in law and order and you, are, you were previously a Democrat, you're going to be conservative this next election cycle, probably. And so it's, that's fair. We can understand. It's like we, we people who have always been on the right, we're not going to fault you for saying, you know, the left is really kind of losing its mind lately. And you are correct, sir. Ma'am, you are correct, sir. Or ma'am, whatever. I'm sorry, I don't know your pronouns. And so it, you are correct that these, um, these far leftists are really losing their minds. They're, they're stoking the fires of these riots in the streets in these historically conservative cities. You know, um, Seattle and Portland specifically, Seattle and Portland specifically have always been leftist hives, okay? And so it's, um, it's, it doesn't surprise me that the, the worst stuff is really happening there. Minneapolis was really bad because, um, because that's where the George Floyd incident happened. And you can kind of see why that makes a list in some of the worst cities. And like in Atlanta after that Rayshard Brooks thing, which is... It was a clean shoot, in my opinion. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like you took a weapon, you fought those officers. I mean, I'm sorry. If, if I punched a cop, I would expect to get shot. In fact, if I wanted to do suicide by cop, that would be the first thing I would try. <laughs> so you're not going to shoot me? No, you're just going to arrest you. It's like, damn it. Guess I should have stole your weapon. Anyway, enough about Kamala Harris. I do want to talk about the face masks, though. Look, face masks are not the newest accessory. I remain of the opinion that they are not even necessary. I went to get my car fixed, and the guy told me to put on my mask, and I said no, like any free American should. You can't force people to wear a mask, just like you can't force people to carry a purse. So he said he couldn't fix my car, he couldn't uh, service me, which I had made an appointment for just because I was not wearing a mask. Now, you may say that giving a minimum wage employee a hard time is, uh, for asking me to wear a mask is not very considerate because they make minimum wage. But sorry, I am of the opinion that minimum wage employees should not be being used as the Gestapo for the totalitarian Democrats trying to dictate how we live our lives. If you work a minimum wage job and you are told to not serve people who are not wearing masks, I consider it your patriotic duty to quit that fucking job before you find yourself guarding prisoners at Auschwitz or standing in front of a tribunal at Nuremberg saying, I was just doing my job. Minimum wage jobs are easy to get, so don't get suckered into doing the dirty work of the DNC. Also, they say you're a dick if you don't wear a mask. All right, As if your health is my responsibility. Fuck that. My body, my choice. You are responsible for your own fucking health. It's so inconsiderate to not wear a mask. Don't you care if I get sick? Fuck no. I don't know you from Adam. But wearing masks and social distancing, thinking that uh, you'll never get the Rona, is insane and spits in in the face of basic virology. Once a new virus is introduced to the human population, it is with us forever. It must be assimilated within the population. That's basic fucking science I think I learned somewhere in my sophomore year in high school. So wear your mask if you're at risk or if you're, at sca- or if you're scared. Bedazzle your fucking mask, thinking it's the latest fashion trend. Hell, I pinch-rolled my jeans in the early 90s, and that was a stupid fucking trend too. Wear your masks if you want. I don't care. Until you fucking Nazis tell me I have to wear a mask. Then we got a problem, mind Fuhrer. I didn't use hashtag rant today. I forgot that I had written a rant. Ugh. Beers help the rants. So, send me beer money. Dollar sign, Shock Monkey Radio on the motherfucking cash app. Alright, 15 minutes in. I work at my own pace. 
Um, <clears throat> uh, speaking of writing in different styles and formats, I was in the shower the other day and I thought this up and I wrote a paragraph. Just imagine like that, uh, that 40s and 50s film noir style with the music and like oboes, oboe solos in the background. <laughs> what a weird instrument, the oboe. Excuse me. It's like a... It's like two saxophones. I don't know. I had a baby or something like that, and it's deformed. Weird thing. So imagine that, that background music, the film noir style background music. There I was, peeling the label off of my second beer when she breezed through the door off of Santa Monica Boulevard. When she opened the door, the sounds of the car wash across the street accompanied her clicking heels as she walked up to the bar next to me. Now she was a look at this dame, almond-colored hair and striking blue eyes. She could have been 22 or 42. No one could guess. So I was nervous and started pulling matches out of my matchbook and striking them just to watch them burn. The bartender approached, and she ordered a beer as well, in odd order for such a striking dame at noon on a Tuesday. Looking to break the ice, I suddenly blurted out, All I want to do is have a little fun before I die. She turned and smiled at me and asked me my name. Malone, I answered. William Malone. But everyone calls me Mac. And she says, I'm Crow. Cheryl Crow. Think about that guy, that poor guy's perspective for a second. Remember that? <laughs> you know, it's like, what a bitch. I mean, it's like, say, you know, because that, her perspective is like, he's ugly as fuck, but... <laughs> So this is the kind of crazy shit I think about when I wake up in the morning and I'm in the shower. I write crazy ass stories. All right, six seventeen. We got time. We got talk to. We we got time to talk about WAP. WAP is apparently the big thing, new thing that all all the kids are excited about. WAP or WAPing. I don't, I'm not really sure what it is because I don't um I don't listen to shitty music. And so um, I don't really know what it is, but a lot of people are talking about WAP, which apparently what I've read is an acronym of some sort. And so, uh, so here's what I have to say about what I've read about WAP. Um, do you really, really feel sexually empowered? Do you really feel like acting like loose? lascivious women is something to be proud of um i'm a man okay now i'm not saying there's a there's not some sort of social social difference you know between being a man who is promiscuous and being a woman who is promiscuous i myself believe that men should not be promiscuous and so should women i haven't had sex in years all right and uh it's it's basically because uh, I can't get laid. We all know that. Uh, but I'd like to think it's because I am morally responsible. Let's be honest. You know I could get laid. I could get laid. It, it, you know, if I drop the standards all the way down to the bottom. You, you, you bros know how it is. That's how you have become sluts, good sir. Is because you dropped the bar too low. All right? You got to be thinking of your th- future. You got to be thinking that it's like I want a partner in life. I want a partner to get married to. Do you want some girl who is in some WAP video? Whatever it means. Do you want that girl who lives that life or emulated that life? Do I want my niece, my young niece, being able to watch that kind of thing? Or be involved in a society where they consider that sort of thing popular or cool? She's a young girl. All right? And even Cardi B and whoever, the, whichever one of those, uh, what are they, Kardashians? Who gives a shit about them? It, whoever is in that music video, you know, do you want them to emulate those kind of people? I don't think so. And it's specifically because of that kind of behavior. It's unbecoming a lady. And you know what? Every man wants to marry a lady. And you can sit there and argue that men are dogs and they'll, you know, screw around and all that and be promiscuous and they'll get high fives and stuff like that.
But I'm not that kind of guy. I don't give high fives for that kind of thing. It's like, don't you, yeah, don't you care about her, bro? He's like, no, nah, man, I'm just getting my nut off. And it's like, that's not fair to anybody. That's not fair to anybody. You know, you shouldn't be so casual about your reproductive parts there, ladies. You should respect them more because I respect them more. All right? Not because it's just your parts and I respect the parts and they're wonderful. And they are. All right? It's because it's the woman. The woman is the most beautiful beautiful thing that has ever been created in the universe that I've ever seen. Okay? And you need to treat that tunnel of light and love, life and love, treat it with respect. You know, a vagina is love and it creates life. It's, it's the most miraculous and beautiful thing I've ever seen in the universe. And I think you should treat it with more respect because I treat it with more respect. I'd like to treat you with more respect. But then again, I'm not trying to meet up and have a whirlwind romance with Cardi B. You know why? Because, you know, that kind of woman... Not my type. And it has nothing to do with what she looks like or who she is. Well, it's specifically who she is. All right? I'm just, I'm, I'm astounded. It's like, I'm, maybe I'm a romantic, I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy, but I think that marriage is the point when it comes to relationships. You know, if, if, if relationships has just become fucking, I think that's everything that's wrong with dating these days. It's Netflix and chill. It's just smashing it's just genital genital banging i'm sorry but meaningful relationships rule they are way more fun and exciting than just promiscuity so what does it mean let me look here what does wap mean it means wasted a pussy worn ass pussy or weak-ass pussy, not tight at all. So go ahead. Have your little moment in the sun, thinking you're empowered at, you know, empowering things, you know, empowering yourself. Go ahead. But I do not want my niece growing up thinking that that is acceptable behavior in any respect. Anyway, it's not exactly 6.30, but let's go ahead and get to the news worth knowing. Let me do this uh, thing in here. Mm. I figured out this thing. Uh, I also got my lower third here. So boop. Now you can see my email. Oh, your your patrons. Only patrons can see this. Yeah. So if you want to email me, it's madman at fxbgpr.com. Now let's get into the news worth knowing. <clears throat> so this first story is Seattle Mayor Appeals recall decision that could see her removed from office. Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin asked the state uh, Supreme Court to reverse the state Supreme Court to reverse the decision of a King County Circuit Court judge that allowed a recall effort to move forward against her, which could result in her expulsion from office. Durkin, a Democrat, was called out by the five Seattle residents who filed a petition seeking to recall her because of how law enforcement officials have responded to protests this summer, according to the Seattle Times. Durkin reportedly asked the circuit court judge to reconsider the decision, but the request was denied. (coughs) Excuse me. The state's highest court is now being asked to render judgment after a notice of appeal was filed on Wednesday, the Times reported. The petitioners, in turn, asked the state Supreme Court to reconsider two of the charges uh, the judge initially dismissed and to broaden the original charges against Durkin. This comes just one day after Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best announced her resignation, saying that she was not leaving because of pay cuts to her department, but rather because of the lack of respect towards her fellow officers. Uh, Best's resignation comes amid the city council's decision to reduce the department by as many as 100 officers through layoffs and attrition. Oh, Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. What is going on there? You know... You could say that, you know, Carmen Best, you could say that she she left because of the money, and that's a very good reason why she should leave, all right? It's like, fuck with my money, I'm out of here. I get it, all right? That being said, it was like, how can you expect the police? 
How can you expect the police to want that job when the the uh, the legislature, the executive branch in your state, in your town, is rallied against you because of some perceived national revolution against the cops? And that's just only going to lead to chaos and disorder in your city. All right? And when Seattle, the Seattle mayor... Ask the state Supreme Court, you know, it just shows how, like, how bold they are, how brazen they are. There's nothing to rec- recall me over. I did everything right in Seattle. It's like, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's fucking burning. Oh, God. <laughs> it's burning, Mayor. You, you have no, you have no accountability in this. Go Go take a long walk off a short pier. Why am I censoring myself? I don't know. Because I was really going to, I guess, really going to give it to her. Let me uh, do some. <laughs> don't pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. There we go. <laughs> this damn fan's on. It's blowing everything around. All right. A green screen. All right. What's this next story? What is it? I forgot. It was so long ago I made these notes. Uh, Trump's attorney, uh, Trump's Trump attorney's jab comparing Kamala Harris to Marge Simpson ignites Twitter controversy. Jenna, Jenna Ellis trolled Biden's VP pick by claiming she sounds like the cartoon matriarch. Oh, I'm hard. I'm just you know reading the reading the lead here. So let's let's see what else they have to say before I'm like oh, that doesn't sound right. Anyway, cartoon matriarch Marge Simpson. <clears throat> has become the unlikely subject of a political debate online, and Simpsons fans can't get enough of it. A Twitter controversy ensued on Thursday when President Trump's attorney, Jenna Ellis, claimed Kamala Harris of California, Democratic California, has one big thing in common with the iconic TV mom voiced by Julie Kavner. Kamala sounds like Marge Simpson, Ellis tweeted, (laughs) of Joe Biden's running mate, uh, after the Democratic candidates attended their first campaign event together. Marge Simpson quickly began trending, prompting a, a variety of hilarity and outcry from S- Simpson's fans. Several came to the defense of the animated character, while others piled on Trump's advisor. "Quote: I hear enough people talking, talk, trash talking my queen. I no way. I hear people trash talking my queen." One Twitter account wrote, with a bunch of pics of an enraged Marge. <laughs> Here's another quote: uh, "Marge Simpson, loyal, proud, beloved, and enduring conscience of Springfield." And not here for bullshit sounds good to me. Charlotte Clymer, a former Clinton staffer, tweeted in response to Ellis. Quote, you mean the competent woman who has to always clean up the mess made by the lazy guy? That Marge Simpson? Another questioned Ellis. <laughs> Others stressed that Ellis's dig wasn't necessarily an insult. Calling Kamala Harris Marge Simpson is about the coolest thing you could do for her, one user said. Quote, wait. What's wrong with Marge Simpson? She's thoughtful, kind, funny, and she's got a great and she's got great hair. <laughs> Plus, she's got that sexist wrath, sexy rasp. What? Marge is a well-rounded American woman, unlike Trumpy female female misogynist. Wow, that's three words you got to unpack. Mean girls to the extreme," said another, lambasting the Trump advisor. Sexy rasp? No. Another. Uh, Melissa Etheridge is a sexy rasp. <laughs> Another person called Ellis's mockery of Harris uh, the clumsiest slur, writing that Harris does not sound like Marge, and even if she did, she would be more, it would be more of a compliment. <laughs> Ellis was dubbed vulgar by other users, uh, with one person claiming that Marge is smart but compassionate, unlike the attorney. What a joke, the frustrated user continued. <laughs> Ellis, however, took the slams in stride and even clapped back with another remark decrying Harris as a Veep contender. Uh, quote, March Simpson is trending and liberals are outraged uh, and voriferously protecting Marge. Probably be... I got through voriferously easily, more easily than probably... Probably because Kamala's terrible record speaks for itself and is indefensible. But great pick, Joe. Sorry, Marge. <laughs> Ellis. 
Harris did not interject herself into the social media con- controversy, but there were some were some onlookers who sided with Ellis's analysis. She is Marge Simpson, one person wrote. Another agreed writing. She she really does sound like Marge Simpson. Ah, I, I don't know. I wonder if I play this, if you'll be able to hear it. You know about this population, 18 through 24. They are stupid. <laughs> that wow. is why we put them in dormitories. Sounds nothing like Marge Simpson, right? Nothing like Marge Simpson. I don't get it. Like, of all the things to make fun of her about, why make something up? I don't get it. <laughs> this is cool. I actually can let you, like, hear, like, sound bites and stuff like that now. Hmm. I'm going to continue trying to figure out how to use all of our equipment to provide you the best quality show I can. That's cool. All right, let's talk about, uh, <laughs> apparently Dallas has a football club. <laughs> I did not know. Uh, FC Dallas's Reggie Cannon blasts fans for booing as players knelt for the national anthem. Quote, I think this, it was disgusting. FC Dallas defender Reggie Cannon lashed out at fans who booed, him, booed as his teammates and Nashville SC players knelt during the national anthem ahead of their Wednesday night matchup. Cannon told reporters he was baffled that fans in Toyota Stadium, the home of the FC Dallas, were booing as players knelt in protest of racial injustice and police brutality. Quote, I think it was disgusting. I think it was absolutely disgusting, Cannon said, according to MLSsoccer.com. Quote, you got fans booing you for people taking a stand for what they believe in. Millions of other people support this cause, and we discussed with every other team and, and the league uh, what we're going to do, and we got fans booing us in our own stadium. How disgraceful is that? Honestly, for a lack of a better word, it pissed me off. You can't even have support uh, from your own fans in your own stadium. It's baffling to me. The national anthem was being played because fans were back in attendance for the first time since the league shut down over the coronavirus pandemic. MLS Commissioner Don Garber said last weekend the song would be played after it was not played in the MLS is back tournament. Cannon, who is the U.S. national team leader, is a U.S. national team leader, said Nashville is the, and the league were informed that players were going to kneel rather than the anthem, whether the anthem was played or not. Cannon said the reaction was upsetting. Quote, as a team, we will try to give our best product, possible product on that field, and these last six months have been absolute hell for us, Cannon said. And the opportunity presented itself to play, uh, play tonight, and unfortunately, we're mad and upset not to get the win, but I was pissed. Everyone around me was pissed. Uh, Ryan Hollingshed, Shad, Shed, Ryan Hollingshed. The first thing he said to me, uh, to me after we got up from the knee, he said, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry for our fans because we we had something, we had someone chanting USA when they don't understand what kneeling means. They don't understand why we're kneeling." Cannon continued, "They can't see the reason. They just think we're ignorant. We're the ignorant ones, and it's incredibly frustrating." Wow. Looks like you have some self-awareness. And he, uh, let's, he continues to say, and I'm sorry to have, uh, to have this tone, but you have to call it for what it is. I even know when we decided to kneel, it was going to, it was going, I knew it was going to happen. That should tell you something. I knew we were going to have some negative pushback from having a unified response over what's going on. That's the problem. That's the problem. Nashville came away with a victory, 1-0. to zero. Soccer, it's always like 1-0. to zero. Um. So here's the thing. <laughs> People are sick and tired of this shit. They are sick and tired of activism in their sports. And you know what? Soccer can't, can't lose any more viewers. Okay? The U.S. doesn't give a shit about soccer. And they're not going to give a shit about soccer if you start playing up this kind of thing. You start doing a, a Colin Kaepernick, a, J- a Jussie Smollett. All right? And that's what they're doing. They're trying to play the race card to get more, more notoriety. That's all that is. People are sick of that in their sports. Sports should be a fair playing field where everybody can compete regardless of skin color. On this, under the same conditions and rules. That's the point of games. That's the point of Jackie Robinson. And why it matters is like, it's like it's, it doesn't matter 
what a person's skin color is. If you can hit like that, if you can run like that, if you can hit goals like that, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. This is fair ground. In an America, in many ways, it's holy ground. The football fields and so forth. And you can't say you're taking a stand for something when you're kneeling. Kneeling. You want to say that's more respectful? Bullshit. Bullshit. Stand up and respect America. USA. Of course somebody's going to be shouting that. It's fucking Dallas. It's Dallas. You know? You want a virtue signal or whatever on your own time? Fine. Go to your Twitter account and do it. Apparently you have one. Apparently everyone has one. Protest there. Not on the field. You know, even the NBA and MLB have had problems because of this virtue signaling bullshit. Take it out of sports. It doesn't need to be there. It's already in all the fucking movies and TV shows. Let's have some someplace, someplace in America where that is off limits. I remember seeing a comedian one time who said, it was like, hey, you know, don't you hate when people put like political messages in the stands? Like, yeah, go, 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 go. Yeah, that is bad. You know, <laughs> it sucked. I forget who that was. God help me. You can email me at, <laughs> at madman at fxbgpr.com if you want to correct me on anything. I'll probably read your email. I'll keep you anonymous if you want to be, generally, unless you specifically say you can say my name or email address. Madman at fxbgpr.com. Clicky, clicky. Click, see? <laughs> I'm in control of the show. All right, let's talk about fucking white people and their unnecessary white guilt. Hold on, I gotta pull this up. Okay. Uh, Georgia clothing company called racist for appointment, for appointment fee policy. The owners have since apologized and removed the rule. A clothing store in Georgia has, has been accused of being racist after it shared a new policy on its Facebook page that waived a fee for non-white customers. Civvies on Broughton Street in Savannah uh, posted it would, require, it would require a refundable $20 deposit when booking an appointment to visit the boutique. However, the since-deleted post also wrote that people of color would be exempt from the fee, the New York Post reported. <laughs> Quote, as, most white, as, as a mostly white staff with white ownership, we do not feel comfortable upholding a digital and financial barrier which could prevent BIPOC. I don't know what that means. Uh, B-I, person of color. It, sound, it sounds like a racist acronym. Prevent BIPOC from shopping at our store at this time on top of limitations already made by online booking, the store announced last week, the New York Post shared. Uh, the new and recycled clothing store wrote that patrons who are white, quote, are white and refuse to put down a deposit because you believe our policy is unethical, would not be allowed to make an appointment. Oh my God. Oh my Lord. Uh, since putting up the policy, the store has received negative reactions and threats of legal action. I am sure. <laughs> Quote, most of the feedback about our decision to waive this refundable deposit is racist because it favors black people, indigenous people, and people of color. Is that what BIPOC means? Black, indigenous, person of color? That's dumb. Anyway, uh, store manager Rain Blunk told local outlet WJGL. I remember WJGL growing up down there in Georgia. Um, after the widespread backlash, the, biz- the business put up an apology and removed all mention of the previous policy for its social media. Quote, statement from the owners, it was not our intention to act in any way that might be perceived as discriminatory, and for that we apologize, a Facebook message read. However, the commenters, who appear to be majority white, why are you so obsessed with their race? Hmm. Anyway, the <laughs> many con- uh, commenters, majority a uh, majority of them white, <laughs> have voiced continued criticism for the initial policy. More than 1,200 people responded and nearly 30 shared the new statement from the, uh, from the store. There is no way that your statement could be taken any other way than, ra- than racist. This is a poor attempt at an apology, one person wrote. Uh, no one, 
No one perceived it as discriminatory. It is discriminatory, another commented. Quote, you have lost my business, and hopefully everyone will will follow, another person wrote. One person defended the business, stating, well, I didn't find it discriminatory, and I felt uh, supported as a person that grew up here and has enjoyed the store. His comment comment has received dozens of replies, most of them negative. (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, white people... Listen to me, white people. I know you're, if you're if you're listening to my show, you're probably a white person. You're probably one of those far right kind of guys. Listen to me. There is no reason for you to feel guilty because you are white. All right. If you are living, if you are white in America and living these days, you probably never owned slaves or any kind of bullshit like that. All right. You live in a very free society, and since the '60s, you know it, things have really been a lot better than things have been in the past. Okay, we got our first black president, and somehow it so, uh, uh, sowed more racial uh, um, animosity. It's a shame. It's a shame. People all getting in, all excited because, ooh, first female black VP. And yeah, well, it's just like Obama. It's like, why vote somebody in just based upon their skin color? Just so you can say, hey, We've had a black president. We have, we have had a woman VP. Just to say that, you know? And even when uh, John McCain, uh, didn't he select uh, Sarah Palin? You know, there was a kind of an aspect. It was like, oh, let's make history, you know, just because of their gender, you know? White people shouldn't feel this kind of guilt. They shouldn't feel like they, they owe anybody anything. In that regard, reparations? Are you fucking crazy? You, when when it comes to like reparations, all right, you got to like realize this is like the America's chock full of people like me who are poor for a long ass time, still poor, and there is no way they could have ever afforded a slave, especially back in those days. Slaves are cheaper today. If you're very concerned about slavery, there, you know, a, a slave I think today is like a hundred bucks. They were way more expensive way back in the day, in America. So you're talking about, like, a ser- say, like, uh, maybe 100 families, really, the richest people in the nation during the time of slavery, all right? And a lot of those are going to be big-name people, big-name people. You're going to be suing the Washington estate, you know, the Jefferson estate, all right? And that's where that money is going to be coming from because nobody's going to let them take money from just white people who is like, hey, I never owned a slave. All right. Reparations is, is an insane idea. You want 40, acre, 40 acres and a mule? Get out of town. Get out of town. Living in America is the best thing that you can do. You know, all you have to do is graduate from high school, don't have kids, out of wedlock, stay out of prison, and get a job. And you can live a middle class life in time. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. You know, when I went in the, in the Navy, I'm going to brief aside. When I went in the Navy, there were a ton of troubled kids, all right, joining the military. I mean, I was 20 when I went in, but, you know, the, you can be 18 and go in. And a lot, of, a lot of boys at 18 are troubled, okay? And so uh, these guys were able to uh, basically be you know, forced into this lifestyle where they have to like obey these rules, you know, understand everything. It helped organize their life before they were psychologically ready to organize their life for themselves. And that's kind of the the advantage of what the hell were, (laughs) that's kind of the advantage of of going, of, of being in the military. And also it, it taught you that, you know, anybody, anybody, um, black, white, doesn't matter. Anybody could pass this and get, when I walked through passing review with my boot camp class and we had like Filipino guys, we had Hispanic guys, we had black people, we had white nerds like me, you know, all, all the diversity of America. We all accomplished that together. And I will never forget division 497 and they're all the characters that were a part of my division because we accomplished that together. And that's why I don't understand this obsession with race. 
It's like, if you can do the job, you can do the job. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you think I think of you because of your skin color. For some reason, I don't know what it is. It's like a lot of people go in the military and they don't, they become unracist. Military people are some of the most unracist people I've ever met. You know, civilians. You see a lot of racist civilians. <laughs> mm. Damn it, I had the article up. Speaking of racism. <laughs> and to counter my point, it's like racism is still alive and well, apparently. Uh, the office actor shares racist messages he received after pitching a spinoff for his character, Stanley Hudson. What? Who doesn't love Stanley? He's the only real character on that show. Wants to do his job and go home. Collect his check and go home. Fuck all this craziness going on over here. <laughs> He's the only real person on that show. Anyway, so, um, yeah, users uh, made alarmingly racist comments and sent him horrible photos. Uh, the actor on The Office who shared... Uh, an actor on The Office shared some incredibly racist and hate-filled responses he received upon setting up a crowdfunding campaign for a proposed spinoff for his character. Uh, Leslie David Baker, best known for playing Stanley Hudson on the U.S. version of the immensely popular NBC sitcom, began a Kickstarter campaign to try to get a spinoff titled Uncle Stan off the ground. The proposed spinoff would see his character come out of retirement in Florida and moved to Los Angeles to help his nephew run a motorcycle and florist business. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. Much to the dismay of Stanley's soon-to-be fiance. However, after announcing the project, Baker took to Instagram to reveal some of the vile responses he received from racists who were unhappy with him soliciting the Office fan base for money. Really? I guess racists watch, watch The Office, too. What are they laughing at? What are, are they laughing at the same stuff we're laughing at? Anyway, this is food for thought. Food for thought. Anyway, uh, quote, for those of you who don't believe uh, racism is alive in the world, here's the proof the actor shared in the caption. Our goal has simply uh, been to entertain and give fans a quality series. <laughs> so I'm, I guess I'm not going to read. <laughs> yeah, I'm not reading that. Uh, the post comes with with two photos that show two different people using alarmingly racist slurs and scolding both Baker for soliciting cash and criticizing the black community and the black lives matter movement. One user even goes as far to share old photos of black people being lynched along with the message using the N word. Another suggested that Baker would simply take people's money and run off with it because that is what the black. Oh my God. <clears throat> Back up here. Let me read this. Another suggested that Baker would simply take people's money and run off with it and that the black community would support the theft because, quote, black people are immune this year. Oh, Lord Almighty. God, heal our country. Heal these people's minds. Excuse me. I had to pray real quick. Jesus. <laughs> uh, it's worth noting that Baker's Kickstarter campaign, like many, offers extensive uh, tiered rewards for those who donate, ranging from anywhere from autographed merchandise to a cameo on Uncle Stanley, should it be made. Well, there's an idea. <laughs> Quote, these rants are evidence that there is still a great deal of work that needs to be done here in America regarding racism. Baker concluded in his caption. Quote, Big bigotry and hate will not be allowed to eradicate art or black people. Enough said. Who doesn't love Stan? As of this writing, the Uncle Stan Kickstarter has reached $343,699 of its planned $300,000 goal. Is that what it takes to like start a series? 300 300k? Yeah, so uh, I've uh <laughs> I have cash apps, so go <laughs> send me some money. I need $300,000 apparently. Uh, dollar sign Shock Monkey Radio. Hmm. <laughs> You know, it's funny because um, here's something that I always think of when it comes to racism and, you know, stuff like that. You ever, you've, heard, you've heard these stories of, like, um, um, bacon being thrown, thrown on, a, on a mosque's door handle or something like that. Or you get somebody spray painting swastikas on a, on a, on a temple. Excuse me, not a temple. What are they called? They're not called temples, are they? Anyway, synagogue. 
<laughs> so and they, you know somebody who put a swastika on a, on a synagogue and somebody who put racist messages on you know you know depending depending on what it is and so i think a lot of it has to do with uh, the same age group as when you joined the military about that 18 17 18 19 years old you start to understand what words are horrible what symbols are horrible in society and just like the punk movement all right now i i was lucky enough that i got to be able to see some of the punk movement uh during the late 70s early 80s uh, in the sense that you know these are the kind of guys that would get swastika tattoos because they thought it was it just it was a fuck you to the man you know and it didn't mean that they were nazis all right and so when it comes to somebody who uh, uh, uses a racial slur, they're probably young. I mean, if you've played any kind of online games where it's voice chat and stuff like that, it's a bunch of squeaky little voices using the most foul language you've ever heard in your entire life. And they're dropping the N-bombs, you know? They're dropping the F-bombs. They're dropping all the most horrible vocabulary because they think that's cool. And unfortunately, it does appear cool in our culture. I'm a podcast, I swear. I think I use it for emphasis, you know. But, you know, these ki- they're, they're kids. They're just now learning these words, and they understand what they mean, how they offend. They use these symbols, and they understand how they offend. And so it's not always indicative of racism. It's just, just some stupid kid understanding the bad words that piss people off. All right? So, I mean, I don't know what to tell you when it comes to racism in that regard. Um Absolutely, absolutely. There's going to be if you're if you're looking up a Google picture of lynched black people, or send or saying something like blacks get a pass this year. What the fuck? <laughs> that's some insane. That's some insane thinking. I don't know. Some some of it is a little bit deeper in thought than some just than some uh, pissed off kid trying to trying to be edgy, trying to be punk. Mm. All right, eight minutes left till seven. We got other shows coming on tonight. We got the wrestling show coming on at eight o'clock. PWO is on FXBG Public Radio at eight o'clock tonight. And I'm going to be running that show as well because I am like an octopus who plays the drums. I am very multi talented. So let's go to this last story. And I usually like to leave it on a, on a happy note. Uh, double amputee veteran. Skydives above Sturgis Rally with giant U.S. flag and Trump 2020 parachute. Sergeant First Class Dana Bowman is a former Special Forces soldier and a member of the Army's Golden Knights parachute team. A skydiver with two prosthetic legs jumped out of an airplane to carry a huge American flag down to the 80th Sturgis Motorcycle Rally in South Dakota over the weekend. Sergeant First Class Dana Bowman is a a former Special Forces soldier and a member of the Army's Army's Golden Knights parachute team, which is also how he lost his legs. He suffered the injuries in a mid-air collision during a Golden Knights training incident that left a fellow skydiver dead. According to the Defense Department, he was the first double amputee to re-enlist. Hoorah! (laughs) Hard charging. Hard charging. Jesus. I'm sorry. I lose a toe. I'm getting out of the military. <laughs> Give me a, you owe me a fucking pension. This guy's hard charging. <laughs> hard charging. Anyway, he has 4,000 jumps under his belt, many of them after the accident, according to Black Hills Fox, a South Dakota station. Uh, Sturt, well, he told the outlet he does jumps to inspire other veterans. Quote, you know how it, how it is so exhilarating to be an inspiration to a lot of them, he said. Some are looking for hope, hope for the despondent, courage for the timid, strength for the weak. His jump coincided with the arrival of Sturgis, of the Sturgis Rally's Veterans Ride to help kick off the Rally Friday. The event runs until August 16th and is expected to draw about 250,000 visitors amid the coronavirus pandemic, compared to about 500,000 in an average year. Still, it's expected to become one of the largest public gatherings since the outbreak began. Local officials scaled back the event, canceling city-hosted aspects and cutting spending on advertisements due to COVID-19 due to the COVID-19 crisis. 
They also plan to conduct mass testing on visitors to get an idea on the virus's impact at the rally. This guy is cool as hell. <laughs> I mean, jumping out of airplanes, I mean, that takes some guts. I mean, it's, uh, you, you know how it is when, it, maybe you don't. If you ever uh, joined the military, you probably sat there and you thought, it's like, what do I want to do in the military? What do I want to be involved in? And you sit there and you think, it's like, do I, you think about those movies, all those movies you think, do I, do I want to be that badass Marine guy? I'm going to be Marine recon, you know, out in the bush, out for, you know, out in the bush for a month. I've been shitting in a hole for eight weeks. <laughs> you think you want to do that? Or, I mean, that takes a lot of guts and discipline to be able to do that kind of work. And there are Americans that do that kind of work. God bless them. All right. Or do you want to be the airborne guy? It's like, yeah, I've jumped out of an airplane, a perfectly good airplane, <laughs> 4,000 times. Why? Just for the S's and G's. <laughs> Just for my country, which is obviously the best kind of jump, I imagine. It's like jumping into combat. That's got to be like the ultimate rush in many ways. Because like, parachuting is already up there. It's like, I wouldn't do it on a clear day <laughs> with eight parachutes strapped to me. <laughs> that seems insane to me. I'm not interested in the G's, the falling. And then maybe you'd be more like me and you're just like, you know what? I'd rather hang out at beaches, sleep in a bed every night. So I joined the Navy. That's the thing about naval bases. Naval bases are always in like hot spots in cities, hot spots <laughs> where it's jumping and stuff like that. You got military bases out in the middle, you know, air force bases in the middle of the desert, army bases in the middle of nowhere. And the only, the only town around it is the town of, of clingers on businesses and families of military people. You, if you were, if you were in the military, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like sometimes you, the whole town is basically it's like a military town. I mean, Norfolk is like that, you know, and that's a fairly large city, and it's, it's mostly military town. But it's still, you know, hey, we got Virginia Beach. <laughs> we still got a beach. You know, you're not in the like in the middle of nowhere, and it's like, let's, what are we gonna do this Sunday? We're gonna go to the tree. Look at it. Anyway, I, I was able to fill an hour. I was able to produce the show all by myself, and I'm sorry you're so in my grill tonight for the visuals, but I do want to remind you that all of our video content is over there on patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. I would, pref I would really like for you to become a patron. Um, and let me know. Email me at madman at fxbgpr.com if uh, you'd be more likely to become a patron if I lowered the price to $1, $1 a month. And uh, I'm probably going to do it anyway. So is that you can become a patron now or you can become, become a patron later. It's I don't care whenever, whenever you get to it. All right. You can also go to patreon.com slash FXBG public radio, which is the station that hosts my show and many others here on our network. And so um, you can go over there, become a patron, you become a producer, help us produce more shows like this one or the, the wrestling show, or there's like, we got tons of shows. It's like, if you go to fxpgpublicradio.com, you can get a list of all our shows and so forth. And we're t uh, producing a ton of other stuff that isn't even on the website. So uh, you can look for us on social media. It's just search for it. I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, yeah, I want to remind you, I got Cash App now, dollar sign, Shock Monkey Radio. Uh, look for me on YouTube as well. Uh, Shock Monkey Radio on YouTube. I'll, I'll do clips sometimes. And also, I have books. Look, look for Scott L. Robbins on Amazon. I got uh, several books for digital download only. <clears throat> Excuse me. On Amazon.com, look for Scott L. Robbins. Search for Scott L. Robbins with two T's and two B's on Amazon. You can find my Exit 13 books, a bunch of short stories. Um, you can find my Ravings of a Badman book, which is a poorly edited and very raw book. Just a bunch of ramblings of something, you know, stuff that was on my mind seven years ago. And I have The Bunny Years, a memoir, which is a fiction story about a superhero. So I invite you to check all that out. I really appreciate you joining me here on Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, and I love you.